Notice I don't have glasses on. That's for far distance. I still got to have glasses for reading. So I got some, I, I've got to go back and get my reading glasses. But until then, they told me to get some granny glasses. So, I got a broad nose, so it makes it even worse. <laughs> okay. I still got to get close, but it's not as bad. All right. No, it, just, it don't work that way. I if I get them up there, it blocks my distance vision. So, the doctor slow. Okay, whatever. Uh, let's... <laughs> Let's start off with a nugget this morning. Wait for the proper timing. Wait for the proper timing. Wait for proper timing. It is transportation. It is transportation to your destination. Put it all together. Wait for proper training. It is transportation for your destination. Uh, proper timing. Okay. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks as we look to your word. We're thanking the Lord that you open each and every one of our eyes, Father God, our hearts, Father God, to that which uh, is about to be shared, Father God. I thank you, your Holy Spirit will move upon each and every one of us, Father God, to give us each greater revelation, Father God, as the word goes forth in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, last week, uh, we looked at Resurrection Sunday. And it, was the, it is the ultimate solution to sin. Amen. Glory to God. Jesus, Jesus shed his blood on the cross. Uh, the perfect once and for all sacrifice to eradicate sin and provide forgiveness of sins. Glory to God. Without the Resurrection Sunday, Jesus lived a big lie. Okay? His death would have accomplished nothing and our faith would be worthless. Um, worst of all, we would still be guilty of every sin that we've ever committed and no hope of forgiveness. Uh, salvation and uh, eternal life would not be here for us, okay? Uh, okay, so throughout the ages, the gospel, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ has continued to be proclaimed, amen? All people around the world have, saved, have been saved by this message, which offers, offers forgiveness of sins. So, glory to God. So we got that part done? Okay. Through scriptures... <laughs> It's kind of hard with these, I don't know. I'm still trying to adjust. Okay, maybe. Got to get down. There it is, right there. <laughs> oh. Well, you got to have some kind of fun here. I got to get stronger glass, stronger grannies, I guess. Um, through scriptures, God has invited us to join his family through faith in, in his son, Jesus Christ. God took care of all the arrangements. The only thing we have to do is say, yes. Uh, the closest tie that we can have with one another is family ties. And being adopted into God's family. Amen. We have support, we have encouragement, and we have all the love his family will give. Amen. Amen. We must respond to what he has communicated to us through the word. He has provided instruction for our living. Our perspective on life will greatly be enhanced when we have a close relationship with the Father. Amen? And the word. It begins to shape our thinking and our response in life's journey. So as you get more of God's word, we, adjust, we need to be adjusting. And not uh, rejecting it, but adjusting to it. Amen. Um, we should keep in contact. I said, okay, let me read that one once again. 
We should keep in contact with the Lord through prayer and the study of His Word. Resist the temptation to put people, work, or pleasures ahead of Him. Uh, I think we all fall into that one. We, uh, sometimes it's not a temptation anymore. It's such a habit that we do that, and we shouldn't have that. Um, we must respond as he com uh, communicated to us. Okay. Oftentimes people get saved and remain satisfied. Okay, I, I'm saved, I'm satisfied, I got my fire insurance. Okay. Uh, with the first step of just knowing a few facts about God is enough for them, you know. Well, there's God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and that's all I need to know because I'll learn when I get there, and that's not what we want. Uh, there's a vast difference between knowing facts about God and personally relating to Him, okay? As believers, we should continually be growing, Amen. always learning more about what he, is con what he considers important to us, Okay? Um, okay, here we go. As, as we saw last week, error entered into the church. Anybody remember what that was? Boy, I've got, good thing I've got that sermon here. We'll pick that up and start all over again now. What was the error of last, last Sunday? What do we call, what does everybody call last Sunday? All right, Eastern, what is that? Remember what it was from? It was a pagan goddess. A fertility, that's why you got the Easter bunny. The eggs is because of the, the color of the rainbows and so forth, the sky. That's why we color eggs because the kids, and of course they gave gifts. So all these things, and we, sti and we still know that day, the church knows that day as what? Easter, what, what's that got to do with things? It's Resurrection Sunday. Okay. Uh, okay. Last week we saw the error that entered the church. Resurrection Sunday became compromised and now is mainly known by most as Easter Sunday. The body of Christ must fight the good fight of faith by implementing. Anybody know, remember what Acts 17.11 says? Okay, you're all looking at blank, so... Maybe just because of my glasses. Acts 17, 11 says, it should be highlighted, if not highlighted. These are more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. This is what we need to do. We live in the last days. Things are being changed. Things are being bent. Things are being compromised in God's word. And we cannot do it. If we fall, you know, we'll be talking about some of this. Uh, let's go to, since we read that one, Acts 17, 11. Now let's go to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians. And you want to find chapter 5. This goes along with uh, Acts 17, 11. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21. Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. We need to hold on to the things that are good. Amen. Don't set them aside. They're good. And finally, let's go to J the book of James. James chapter 1. Verse 16, do not err, my beloved brethren. We can't do the go err. We need to hang on to the word of God. Fight the good fight of faith. Um, Christian doctrine has become eroded once the church has committed itself to liberalism. Liberalism. Okay. That means, you know, we, we're kind of lax in doing things. So that means you're liberal. We kind of let things stretch further than what it really says, you know. You, you know, it said all liars go to hell, but we could say we could do little white lies, you know, so that doesn't mean you go to hell. If you do a little white lie, 
That's not what it says. Okay, so, you know, how we kind of stretch things, okay? Um, and we've unhooked ourselves from the constraints of Scripture. Okay, now, God says, thou shalt not, and we go ahead and do. So we kind of unhook ourselves from that Scripture, and we let ourselves go. We live in the last days, and it's full of deception. And it's more prevalent in these last days than it was at the very beginning. And look how long, you know, Easter, it, it's a long time ago that it gets started and we're still here. But many things are taking place today in the last, let's say, the last 150 years that it's snowballing. Okay? Today, even more uh, heretical teaching, captivating, and corrupt, uh, corruption has entered churches, schools, and related organizations within the multiplied denominations. You, you look at some of the denominations and what they're allowing in church now, or saying that, that uh, the Word of God, you know, like for one, uh, the virgin birth is no longer uh, vital uh, or true, uh, you know, even creation is wrong. I mean, some of, the, some of the mainline churches are going to this bunch of lies. So you see these things are, and we need to do something about it. Okay? As believers, we need to know five basic fundamentals of Christianity. And we're going to look at those today. That, that will help keep us out of error and trouble. Number one, the inspiration and, uh, of uh, Inerrancy of the scriptures. The Bible says the word is pure. Psalms chapter 12. Go to the book of Psalms and we'll look at chapter 12. Psalms chapter 12. Verse 6. The words of the Lord are pure, are pure words, as silver tried in the, uh, in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. Okay, I'm going to read that from the Amplified. The words and promises of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in an earthen uh, furnace, uh, purified seven times over. So the word of God is pure, it says. Okay, glory to God. Let's go now to further into the next book, which is Proverbs, and we want to go to the 30th, 30th chapter of Proverbs. So this is about scripture. That's Proverbs chapter 30. Again, verse 5. Every word of God is pure. He is, shield, he is a shield to them that put their trust in him. Amen. Let's go on to verse 6. Add thou, not unto his, add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. From the Amplified. Every word of God, verse 5, is tried and purified. He is a shield to those who put his trust and take refuge in him. Add not to his words, lest he reproves you, and you be found a liar. So what, what has happened? In these last days, they've taken the, taken the word and bent it, changed it, compromised it. So it says they're liars. The word of God is pure. It's, it's right. Amen? Let's... Uh, Go to, back to the book of Psalms, and we're going to go all the way back to Psalms 19 this time. That's Psalms 19. And we're going to be jumping around quite a bit this morning. Psalms 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimonies of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Verse Seven from the Amplified. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the whole person. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Glory to God. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure and bright, enlightening the eyes. Glory to God. So the word is pure. We can, we can, it's like water, pure water. It's, it's refreshing to drink pure water. Amen. Okay. Um, the, in, the intention and goal of, of Scripture is to provide adequate grounds for belief. Okay, believing, okay? So let's go now to the New Testament. We want to go to John chapter 20. That's John chapter 20. Verse 
Oh boy. Okay. In John chapter 20. Let's go to verse 30 and 31. That's John 20, verse 30 and 31. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, the words we have, the book that you hold in your hand. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Glory to God from the Amplified. There are also many other signs and miracles which Jesus performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, recorded in order that ye may believe that Jesus Christ is the Anointed One, the Son of God, and that through believing and cleaving to and trusting and relying upon Him, you may have life through Him, His name, through who He is. Glory to God. So there it is, the Word. It's there. it's there. It gives us grounds to believe. It's inspiration. I mean, you, should, we need to be, you need to be excited when you read the God, God's Word. No, no, not one of those books again. I know it's rough when you go through the Old Testament and you hit books like Numbers. You know, and maybe uh, some of the other ones that, you know, Seem to you know what, what what's all it's 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 history. How would you like to memorize it? The Jews have to memorize the first four books. Well, some of us. Well, okay. Uh, let's now turn to Second uh, Timothy. Second Timothy. We are living in the last days, and we need to know that God's word. Is true, it's pure, it's perfect. That's Second Timothy chapter three. Look at verse sixteen and seventeen. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that a man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. From the Amplified, every scripture of God breathed, given by his inspiration and profitable for instruction, for reproof and conviction of sin, for correction of error and discipline in obedience. Wow, that is heavy, isn't it? For training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will, in thought, purpose, and action. Boy, that is heavy. So that a man of God or a woman of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. So there it is. We need to be rejoicing what, what God has given us here. Amen? It's perfect. Okay. Second, let's go now to the book of uh, Second Peter. In 2 Peter chapter 1. Looking at the last two verses of 2 Peter 1, verses 20 and 21. Knowing this, first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of by any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Uh, from the Amplified. Yes, yet first you must understand this, that no prophecy of the Scripture is a matter of any personal or private or special interpretation, loosening, solving. For no prophecy ever originated because some man willed it to do so. It never came by human impulse, but men spoke from God who were bore long moved and impelled by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And one more. Let's go back to Romans chapter 15. That's Romans chapter 15. Uh, 
That's Romans chapter 15, looking at verse 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime, aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Glory to God. From the Amplified, for whatever was thus written in former days was written for our instruction, that by our steadfast and patient endurance and encouragement drawn from the Scriptures, we might hold fast to the cherished hope. Okay. You know, now, I said we are living in the last days, especially the last, say, 100, maybe 150 years. Things have changed. Uh, new, quote, religions have arisen or blossomed. They take God's word, but they twist it. And there are, shall we say, denominations that follow through on these things. Um, we may touch, touch on those in a moment. So, so we, know, we have to know that God's word is inspired and it's true and it's pure. It's for us okay. to make us better. Okay. Second thing we need to know is the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we go all the way back to the book of John chapter 1. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. Verse 1 verse one of John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. From the Amplified, In the beginning, before all time, was the Word, Christ. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God Himself. Glory to God. And then we drop down to verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory and the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth from the Amplified. And the word Christ became flesh, human incarnate, and tabernacled, fixed his tent of flesh, lived a while among us, and we actually saw his glory, his honor, his majesty, such glory as only begotten Son received from his Father, full of grace favor, loving kindness, and truth. So we need, we need to know not only the scriptures, but we need to know that Jesus is God. Okay? Some people will not say that. Uh, verse 18. No man has seen God at any time, only the begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. From the Amplified, no man has ever seen God at any time. The only unique, only the unique Son or the only begotten Son, uh, begotten of God, who is in the bosom of the, of the intimate presence of the Father. He has declared Him. He has re revealed Him and brought Him out where He can be seen. He has interpreted Him and He has made Him known. Glory to God. So we see God, Jesus here. Okay. Let's go to the John chapter 20 this time. John chapter 20. This is after the resurrection of Jesus and he's showing himself to the disciples. And this particular disciple, he had to show himself to and let him ha be handled by him, uh, Thomas. And that's uh, John uh, chapter 20. And we will look at verse 28. Oh, let's see here. Let's go to verse 27. Then he said, then he said to Thomas, Reach thither, and hither with thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Oh boy, glory to God. Okay, then he said, verse 27, And he said unto Thomas, Reach in thy finger here, and see my hands, and put, your, put, your, put out your hand, and place it in my side. Do not be faithless and incredulous, but stop your unbelief and believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Okay, now, if Thomas said something wrong, 
Jesus would have corrected him. He said, my God, if, if, if Jesus was not God, he would have said, no, there's only, you can't say that. But he said it. That's proof of the deity. Okay, let's go to Hebrews chapter 1. In Hebrews chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 1, looking at verse 8 and 9. But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever. Thy scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Glory. Verse 9. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Let's go to the verse um, amplified. But as to the Son, he said unto him, Your throne, O God, is forever to the ages of age, and the scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of absolute righteousness, of justice and straightforwardness. You have loved righteousness, you have delighted in integrity, virtue and uprightness, in purpose, thought and action, and you have hated lawlessness, injustice and iniquity. Therefore God, even your God, Godhead has anointed you with the oil of exaltation, joy and gladness above, all, above and beyond your companions. Glory to God. He's above all. God called him God. Wow. Of course, we know what John does. Well, let's back up there. You may see it in a different, different light. Let's go to John chapter 3. Verse 16. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Wow! Now, like I said, in the last 150 years, things have really started snowballing and deception. Um, anybody ever hear of Joseph Smith? Okay. Okay, uh, who started the religion of Mormons? Well, they, they believe that Jesus and Lucifer are brothers. Wow. But here, what does that say? Thy only begotten son? How can he have a brother? You know, well, not only the Mormons say that, but also the Jehovah Witnesses say that Jesus was created just like Lucifer and their brothers. So, you know, you can see how things kind of snowball. These, these cults begin to pull things out of context and sometimes, well, that sounds good. I'll take a little bit of that and I'll take a little bit of that. We're living in this day and look how big these two quote churches are. We have to watch ourselves. We've got to know, we've got to know our scripture is true and then we've got to know that Jesus is God. He's the Savior. You know, and to say that, uh, and well, okay, even let's go, go a little bit further. What is in the last 10 years, what has erupted in churches now? Well, yeah, a lot, but what's the major, what's a, a denomination that's kind of enclosing on something now? Chrislam. Chrislam. They're writing Bibles now. People, well, some of the big mainline uh, book publishers have changed things. They've taken God the Father out and just put down Allah so that 
when you read it, well, Allah and God are the same, so we can have chrism. So they, they in, in bring these things together. And uh, churches are no longer churches. They're called campuses. And some of, their, some of the key words that you, you hear people saying, well, I go to what church, oh, I go to, we, have, we call our place a campus now. So a lot of things are, are, are evolving in, in this, you know. Um, what can I say? Some of you already know some of the things that are going on. I mean, you know, you pick up your newspapers and you're finding out things really crazy in the church world. Well, we could consider the church world anyway, but that's what they're doing. And we're, f and Christians are falling for it. Why? Because they don't know what the word says. And that's one of the first things we need to know is the word. You got, we have to be established on the word. Amen. Just like the Bereans, we need to check it out. Okay. Now Jesus has uh, titles, titles of God. He's the first and last. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 44. Verse 6, Isaiah 44, 6. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, I am the last, and beside me there is no other God. So here's the God saying, I am the first and the last, and beside me there is no other God. Amen. Glory to God. Good news. Amen. Good news. Well, what does the book of Revelation tell us? That was the God of Israel. Amen? God of Israel is God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God of Israel. You got that? Yes. Okay. Let's go to the book of Revelation. We, hear, we see here that uh, John writes the, the book of Revelation. And verse 17, it says, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. Where did you hear that? We just read it. The God of Israel said, I am the first and last. This is Jesus. I am the first and the last. Oh, glory to God. Uh, Revelation chapter 22. In Revelation chapter 22. Again, Jesus is speaking, verse 13. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Amen. From the Amplified, says, I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, before all and the end of all. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's go to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6. In 1 Timothy chapter 6. Oh, this is 2. Deity of Christ. I told you. Deity of Christ started with John 1 1. Okay. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Look at verse. This is another name King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Who is that? 1 Timothy 6, verse 15, in which in this his time he shall show he is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. Speaking of Jesus, okay, let's go to Revelation chapter 17. Who's King of kings and Lord of lords? Remember, the word is true. Right. Amen. Revelation 17, verse 14. Revelation 17, verse 14. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. For He is the Lord of lords and King of kings. Amen. 
and they that are with him are called the chosen and faithful. Are you the chosen? Then you're faithful. You had better be. <laughs> Let's go to verse uh, chapter 19. Looking at verse 16. And on, verse 16, And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh the name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. That's our Jesus. Glory to God. The Son of God, the only begotten Son of God. Jesus is called, Jesus is son's, uh, God's Son, sent by God to become the Lamb of God, the sacrifice for our sins, for the, for the uh, Father's glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, the third thing we need to know, we need to understand, is the um, virgin birth or the incarnation. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 7. Uh, this is a familiar one that we do in, at Christmas time. That's Isaiah chapter 7. Verse 14, that's 7, 14, Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive... And bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, from the Amplified. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, the young woman who is unmarried and a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Hallelujah. Let's now go to the book of Matthew, chapter 1. Again, verse 23, Matthew 1, 23. Behold, virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Wow. Let's go to Luke, the book of Luke. Luke, chapter 1. These are things that we, we need to have cemented in our, our minds, in our hearts. Don't let these things go out. Don't let it be chipped away with other things that the, the world would uh, say is, is not politically correct. You know. How many have ever seen the signs on the back of, of some cars? Long sign, it has every religious symbol there. It says peace through religion or something like that. Or, I don't know. People are lost. Okay. Uh, we, I said Luke chapter 1, looking at verse 27. To a virgin spouse, to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David, a virgin's name was Mary. So this is, this is uh, I must have caught that, caught that one wrong, but... Verse 31, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, or mean, means uh, Savior, Messiah. Okay, Jesus was not born in sin. That is, he had no sin nature. Uh, let's go to the book of Hebrews chapter 7. In Hebrews chapter 7, looking at verse Twenty twenty six, for such a high priest became us who was holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. Glory to God. He had uh, Jesus had no sin nature. He's a high priest. The sin sin nature that uh, we have is passed down from generation to generation through the Father. Okay. Um, Let's look at that. It says that, or tells that in Romans chapter 5. In Romans chapter 5. 
verse 12, Romans 5, 12. Therefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that we all have, for all have sinned. That's verse 12. Let's go to verse seven, uh, 17 next. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign by life by one Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Verse 19. For by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. The um, virgin birth circumvented the transmission of sin, the sin nature, and allowed the eternal God to become a perfect man. Okay, glory to God. Okay, fourth thing we need to know, fourth thing we need to know. Uh, let's go to the book of Acts, back up to the book of Acts and find chapter 20. There's a lot of things we need to know, but these are some of the fundamental things that we need to have a grasp on so that, that we're not pulled into error. Because if you have these basic things, we won't be pulled into error. You know, like, you know, well, so-and-so says we can have another God or God's name is Allah and that, all that type of stuff. Hey, that's not there. It doesn't show it there. Okay, Acts chapter 20. Verse 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and all the flock over the, over the which the Holy, Holy Ghost has made you overseas to feed the flock of the flock, I mean, overseas to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. So it's the blood atonement that we need to understand is the fourth thing. You know, you could turn all, any one of these around uh, and put it as number one, but I put uh, the scripture. We had, under, need to understand the scriptures, okay? So it's the blood atonement. Let's go down to Romans chapter 3. We're talking about the blood atonement. Romans chapter 3, and we want to look at verse 25. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past and through the forbearance of God. Verse 25 from the Amplified. Whom God put forward before the eyes of all as a mercy seat and a propitiation by his blood, the cleansing and life-giving sacrifice of atonement and reconciliation to be received through faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over and ignored former sins without punishment. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Go to chapter 5 of Romans now. And we want to look at verse 9. For as much then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. From the Amplified, looking at that. Therefore, since we are now justified, acquitted, made righteous and brought into right relationship with God by Christ's blood, how much more certain is that we shall be saved by him from the indignation and wrath of God. Oh, glory to God. It's the blood that sets you free. So, you know, a lot of churches don't want to uh, sing any songs about the blood anymore. They say it's a... Uh, Ugly ritual. You know, I mean, it's, it's not pretty. But it's what sets us free. Right. It's the blood that it washes us. Yeah. I mean, why take communion? You know, right. It's the blood that washes, it removes the sin. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1 at this time. In Ephesians chapter 1, we're still talking about the blood. Verse 7, that's Ephesians 1, 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. From the Amplified it reads, 
In Him we have redemption, deliverance, and salvation through His blood, the remission, forgiveness of our offenses, shortcomings, and trespasses in accordance with the riches and the generosity of His gracious favor. Aren't you glad He picked you? And all you had to do is say, Yes, I received Jesus as my personal Savior. I repent of my sins. Glory to God. Let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 9. In Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9, beginning with verse 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and, and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled the unclean uh, sanctified to be the purified of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who brought the eternal spirit, offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Hallelujah. From the Amplified. He once and for all into the holy of holies of heaven, not by virtue of the blood of goats and calves, by which to make reconciliation between God and man, but his own blood, having found and secured a complete redemption in everlasting release for us. For if, for if the mere sprinkling of unholy and defiled persons with blood of goats and bulls with the ashes of burnt heifers is sufficient for the purification of the body. How much more surely shall the blood of Christ, who by virtue of his eternal spirit, his own pre-existence divine personality, has offered himself as unblemished sacrifice to God, purify our conscience from dead works and the lifeless observance to serve the ever-living God. Hallelujah. It's the blood. Yes, amen. We should get some. They have a lot of good old songs about the blood. Maybe just pull a couple of those up and just start singing about the blood. I'll give you a couple of names and then see if you can pull some songs up. So you'll, we'll be singing about the blood. You know, Passover is coming up this year, this month. You know, I mean, we we celebrated Resurrection Sunday last month, but truly, if you're going by the Jewish calendar, which we should be going by, mm -hmm. Passover is coming up. Amen. Oh wow! Maybe we'll have to, maybe we'll get a little bit more. Get you remember some of the things about Passover and the Jewish things? You know, there's a lot. Let's go to First John, First John chapter two. Find 1 John chapter 2. Oh, glory to God. Here we go. 1 John 2 and verse 2. And he is the propitiation of our sins, and not only uh, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Wow, that's, that's, that is, that's exciting. I mean, if you thought you were left out, that proves that you weren't left out. Amen. From the Amplified, And he, that same Jesus himself, is a perpetuation, the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not for ours alone, but also for the sins of the whole world. He is a perpetuation, the satisfaction for sin. He satisfies that. Glory to God. Removing of sin. Okay. Number five. The fifth thing that we need to know. Resurrection. The resurrection. The and the personally return of the Lord Jesus to uh, earth. Um, it was evident um, that his public crucifixion ex execution was utterly deplorable, but also extinguished the disciples' hopes of anything. I mean, here's your leader and he dies and what do you do now? I mean, you know, he raised people from the dead, but who's going to raise him from the dead? 
you know. Uh, and all expectations of him reigning and ruling were over. A lot of them thought, just like um, Judas, you know, uh, he's going to rule and reign, and, and, or, or like the crowds on um, Palm Sunday, they, they were saying, remember they were singing Hosanna? What do they want? They wanted someone to deliver them from the Roman Empire to have Israel free again. But that's not what he came for. He, he removed something stronger, bigger than the Roman Empire. He removed sin, our sin. Glory to God. So let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 26. We're going to look at the resurrection here. Acts, chapter 26. Hallelujah. Glory to God. These are some things we need to remember, just like last Sunday. What was last Sunday? Some of you got it. Okay, Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26, beginning with verse 22. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both to, to small and great, saying none other thing than those which the prophets and the Moses did say should come, that Christ should suffer and that he should be the first that should be raised from the dead and should show light to the people and to the Gentiles. Glory to God. Not only to the Jews, but to, to the Gentiles. If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. We're covered. Amen. <laughs> We're covered. Glory to God. From the Amplified, starting with verse 22. But to this day I have had the help which comes from God as my ally, and also I stand here testifying to small and great alike, asserting nothing beyond what the prophets and, and Moses declared would come to pass, that the Christ, the anointed one, must suffer, and that he, by being the first to rise, raise from the dead, would declare and show light both to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. Glory to God, we have that light. This little light of mine. You're going to let it shine. should be better, better than a little light. It should be a flaming bomb fire. You know, did I? Okay. Uh, the fact that the Lord did not have, after, his, after he was resurrected, he didn't change his personality. You know, when he got up, got out of the grave. He didn't go, all right, where's those guys that slayed me? You know, I'm going to fix your wagon. No. He still had the love. He went to his disciples and said, hey, I'm alive. And what I accomplished for eternal life, you're going to have. Amen. He posed he possessed, pardon me, he possessed a real body, glory to God. Yeah. Remember, Thomas, hey, feel me. A real body, yet a new kind of body. A perfect body, capable of transcending trans time, space, you know, going anywhere you wanted. It matter. I mean, he walked through the wall. I mean, you know, special effects. We have that. Well, we, we will have that capability. I mean, glory to God. You may be assigned to, you know, to Santa Maria, but you need to get back to, you know, this is, this is after the rapture and we come back. You're assigned to Santa Maria for a while, and then you have to get, he said, he said you need to get back to Jerusalem. There you are. I mean, that's transition. I mean, you know, no more, you know, beam me up, Scotty type stuff. You're going to go. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, chapter 15. And 1 Corinthians, chapter 15. Verse 
verse 6. After that he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom gathered part remained unto this present, but some are asleep, uh, verse uh, from the Amplified. He then later showed himself to more than 500 brethren at one time, the majority of whom are still alive, but some have fallen asleep. Okay, speaking of death. So um, he appeared. I mean, it wasn't just, you know, one or two people. You know, he appeared to numerous people, and, you know, 500 people is a good, good amount. In those 40 days after his resurrection, uh, something happened, dra drastically happened to, to the disciples. Amen? So let's turn to Luke, Luke ch chapter 24. I want to show you something here. Luke chapter 24. You know, at the crucifixion, when Jesus died, the disciples were what? Sad, dejected, despondent, dismayed. I mean, it, it was, that was some bad, that was a bad thing that happened, you know. We're going to go to Luke, Luke chapter 24. During the, then, then after he, he rose from the dead, he, he talked to the disciples, he fed them a meal. He ate with them. Uh, they touched him. He spoke to them. He walked with them. He sat with them. You know, he, he just, he lived with them for 40 days. But when it was time to say goodbye, oh, no, you're going again? Take me with you, Jesus, if you're going to go. But there was no expressions of, of tears or disappointment. No ling lingering, but rather an immediate return to Jerusalem. Let's go to Luke. You found Luke chapter 24 yet? Let's go to verse 49. And behold, I will send the, send the promise of my Father upon you. But tear ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with the power from on high. Glory to God. And he led them out as far as Bethlehem. And he led them with, uh, lifted his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into the heavens. Verse 52. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with Great joy. They knew that something was going to happen. He wasn't going to be, a, he didn't desert them. Glory to God. Something happened. Something wonderful. They, 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 got, they caught the spirit. We need to catch the spirit today. We need to have some joy going out of here. And when we go, go into the city of Santa Maria, what is wrong with you? I've got joy of the Lord. Jesus is just not a good way to heaven. Jesus is not the best way to heaven. Jesus is the only way to heaven. So let's turn to... And they were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Glory to God. From the Ampa, and they worship him and went back to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple, celebrating with praises and blessing and extolling God. Amen. So it be. Wow. Is he here today? Where? In my heart. Okay. I said, we, I said, go to, what's the next one I said? Let's go to First uh, Corinthians. We're about done, glory to God. First Corinthians chapter 15.
And here's the hope we have. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Hmm. From the but the fact is that Christ the Messiah has been risen from the dead and he became the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep in death. He's the first fruit. Those that have passed on will be raised, it says here, if you're looking at it right. Amen. He's the first fruit. John chapter 11. In John chapter 11. Verse 25 and 26. John 11, 25 and 26. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet he shall live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me, he shall never die. Believest thou this? Glory to God. Amen. Get ready, get ready. From the Amphi, and Jesus said unto her, I am, I am, wow, let's go. And Jesus said unto her, I am myself, the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in, adheres to, trusts in, and relies on me, although he may die, yet he shall live. And whosoever continues to live and believes in, hath faith in, cleaves to me, cleaves to, and relies on me, shall never actually die at all. Do you believe this? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Get ready. Get ready. Final one. First Thessalonians. In First Thessalonians. Chapter 4. First Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning with verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them that sleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, so them that which are which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Glory to God. For this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the, unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel angel, and the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Yeah, amen. Hallelujah. Wow. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. It's time. Yes, the time is here. The way things are happening, we need to, I would say get your space suits on, but, uh, you know, but we need to be ready. Amen. Your space suit is your righteousness we need to, he's not taking anybody with spots or wrinkles so we we need to be clean and ready don't be lacking anything there were 10 virgins that were ready to go only five made it we have to be ready at any moment's notice Glory to God. So those are the five things to which we need to really be established on. Give me the first one. Am I getting different? God's Word, okay. God's Word. Have the Scripture. Know the Scripture is true. Two. Anybody? Deity of Christ. Three? Okay, nobody else. Everyone that answered already? 
No more. No more answers from those that have answered. Number four. Thank you. Number five. All right. If you got some of those down, if we can keep those anchored within us, when things come around that says, you know, like, uh, we can go to campus, you know, uh, we are now saying that we don't need to put God as God the Father, but Allah, you don't want to get there. You don't want to grace there. You know, and a lot of Christians are falling for it. A lot of churches, you can look it up on in your iPads, iMacs, or whatever you got, computers. You can look it up. Look it up. Chrislam, and you'll find out different churches are picking this up. They're wrong. And they're destined to hell. It says many will be deceived, and if they're deceived, that means they're not getting to heaven. So keep, let's keep ourselves pure and straight. Amen. Let's all stand. Father, we're blessing you, Father God, this day. We thank you, Lord, that uh, you've given us some things to think about, Father God, to, to reestablish in our own hearts, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, that uh, although we live, live in an age of deception, Father God, that uh, your Holy Spirit is with us, Father God. We will have the spirit of discernment, Father God, in each and every one of us. Father God, we will back off, Father God, from the things that would try to lure us into the worldly things, and we praise you. We just give you thanks. We are aware of the wiles of the devil, Father God. And I thank the Lord. We cling to the old rugged cross, Father God. We praise you. We just give you thanks, Lord, that we've been adopted by you, Father. We praise you. Thank you for it. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you.